0: Hello everyone and welcome to 10 Minute Country with me, James Dakin. It's episode 55, The Seven Stages of Country Fandom. Hello everyone, Merry Christmas, ho ho ho. It's um, December the 18th, so this will be my penultimate podcast before Christmas. I think I'm going to do a sort of end of year roundup of everything that was... Good and great and not so great in the world of country music this year as a final one. But today we're talking about something uh completely different. I've been ruminating this week on uh, what to, what sort of country fan I am. As the, as the decade and as the year draws to a close and there's all the lists on social media and of um, all the uh, best songs of the decade, best albums of the decade, best... Gig of the year, all the different summations of uh, of this of twenty nineteen and and this decade, and it sort of caused me to analyse where I am and the journey that I've been on these past few years with country music, and, and even though my particular journey began began back in the nineties, um, it's really been this decade that I have uh, thrown myself in wholeheartedly uh, to to the country music cause, and um, and it. Sort of prompted me to, to sort of look back at the decade and my journey through it. And I have identified seven clear stages of this country music journey, a bit like they, they talk about five stages of grief that you work your way through. And um, I'm going to put forward those stages to you in this podcast and let you think about whereabouts you are in your own country music journey. So I've identified seven stages of country music fandom. And the first stage is really what I'm calling curiosity. Stage one, curiosity. Um, you hear a song, you see a video, you catch something these days online, and it, and it piques your interest. And you start to think, oh, i rather like that. For me, that happened back in 1993 when I saw the video to uh, Garth Brooks' Red Strokes. And uh, I I, I was a sort of a a rock fan coming out of the 80s, dismayed that Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden had killed my uh, hair metal, hard rock, AOR uh, journey. Uh, Stone dead, it seemed, over the course of, what, 91 into 92. Um, And I was looking for something else, and all of a sudden I saw Garth Brooks, and it piqued my curiosity. That led... To me looking into sort of Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, um, Trisha, Shania, uh, Mindy McCready was a big interest of mine in the 90s. But I sort of kept everything else at base. I was curious and I was beginning to look for things in the country music genre. But I did not commit wholeheartedly at that point. I was still on the fringes, on the periphery of everything. But the curiosity was definitely peaked. Stage 2 I think is excitement. All of a sudden, not to quote Disney, but a whole new world opens up when you get into country music. It's a, it's a different way of life. There's an attitude uh that comes with it that's the, the the history of country music is is beguiling, I think. Um you know, the existence of Nashville as a town, um you know, and even other places like Austin, uh, and that sort of thing, but you know obviously Nashville holds sway when you 're first getting into country music, and its existence is fascinating because there's nowhere else and no other genre that is based around one small geographical area uh, and then country music obviously comes with food and drink um the opry the rhyme, and there's a there's a real um sort of a door opening when you get into country music. That, that facilitates so much more than just putting a CD on or streaming a song these days. So for me, that curiosity then leads um, into a stage of excitement about the whole thing. Uh, and that excitement to me occurred around 2004. I finally started committing... Um, to the genre when Sugarland, Big and Rich, and Keith Urban all released albums in 2004 that blew me away. And I started to get interested in the whole thing. But living over here in England, uh, and and it being 2004, it it still felt very remote for me. Um, But that curiosity and that excitement then leads into stage number three, which you know maybe particular to us over here in Europe although it may resonate with some people in America it's shame you, you suddenly start to worry about what people think about you when you get into country music that no other genre uh, sort of carries the the stigma uh, of uh, of of what country music does particularly over here in England um, maybe not so much now in 2019, but certainly back in 2004, maybe in the 90s, there was uh, there's the stigma of people in England going, "Oh, you like line dancing then?" Uh, no, I just I like the music. Oh, uh, you listen to Billy Ray Cyrus and Cotton Eye Joe then? Uh, no. Oh, do you, do you go into town on a Saturday in a cowboy hat, boots, and belt buckle? Uh, no, I just like the music. And then the ultimate one is, oh, you listen to that country and western, then do you? Um, And I'm like, no, I just like country music or Americana or whatever the term is these days. But there's a definite shame element at stage three where your closest friends and family start to gently, in some cases and maybe not so gently in others, poke fun at you and you start to wonder about the choices that you're beginning to make because no one else seems to get it particularly not 20 odd years ago maybe or there's little pockets of interest dotted around the country but certainly there is a shame element because most of the people that you will mix with uh, are not interested in the slightest in country music and they still see it as as something from a sort of Uh, Roy Rogers, John Wayne-esque historical background. If you can get through that phase, if you can cope with the shame phase, then what comes next is awesome. Because I'm terming, terming phase four as the unfiltered phase. If you get through the shame, then everything else becomes accessible and i've seen this happen on the uk scene in the last 5 years so all of a sudden you're through the curiosity you're through the excitement you've battled through the shame phase and now everything is on the table everything is up for grabs you are completely unfiltered as a country fan you you listen to everything you go to all the gigs um you know you're streaming the music like crazy you're furiously posting rebuttals on Facebook when people criticise the artist that you like. You can't understand why somebody can like Luke Bryan but not Jason Aldean. You can't understand why anybody would not listen to all of country music. And, and that is a sort of a joyously unfiltered phase. It's happening to a lot of people in England right now. Uh, and, and, and that's a great phase because, you know, one day you can find yourself going to see Thomas Rhett um, somewhere in England, the next week you might find yourself um, going to see the Tedeschi Trucks band, you know, you've, you've spread yourself across country, country pop, Americana, country uh, is just everything and it, it's unfiltered and, and that's a joyous phase and a lot of people in England are at that phase right now, the phase that comes next is the refinement phase, you begin to understand that you don't have to like everything. You know, in other genres that people listen to music in, like rock and pop, they don't listen to everything. They don't like every artist in the genre. And, and there's a lovely dawning understanding when you're a country music fan that you don't have to like everything that comes out under the country music umbrella. You know, you begin to filter your likes and dislikes. And there's nothing wrong with that. You begin to appreciate the nuances in sound and style that you like against the ones that you don't. So for example... Um, five, six years ago, I used to really like Florida Georgia Line I'm not a massive fan of Florida Georgia Line these days They release the odd song, but they're sort of sound And, and the, the guy's voice is sometimes great on me now But they didn't five years ago I Spent a long time across those first two Florida Georgia Line albums I don't really like Morgan Wallen and and that sort of southern reedy vocal sound. But five years ago, I would have listened to that. I I have sorted out my likes and dislikes, my nuances, the things that I'm beginning to put to one side and go, do you know what, that's not for me, because I don't have to like everything. I've realised that I'm not a massive fan of this current phase of boyfriend country. And if you listen to uh, my previous podcast you'll find out what boyfriend country is. But a lot of the guys that are currently in the charts with their love songs after smushy love songs after pedestal songs with their wives and girlfriends up there, I'm, I'm a little bit bored with doesn't mean to say that sometimes Russell Dickerson won't come out with a great song that I go, oh, you know, it's really good. And and I don't want to use him as the poster child for Boyfriend Country. But I tend to... I'm a little bit bored with that now. The good thing about country music is uh, it's always been about the song. So an artist can release a couple of songs that you don't really care for and then all of a sudden can come out with one that you listen to for the rest of the year. Um, You know, we aren't locked into particular artist likes and dislikes, it is literally about the song. But when you're in the refinement phase, which is stage five, you start to be able, with confidence, to say, do you know what, I'm not a massive fan of that. I'll just keep to this and this and this. And that's a lovely phase. I'm sort of at the bottom end of that phase now, I think. I've refined what I like, and I'm starting to see elements of the next stage, which is stage six, and I'm calling this scorn. It's probably the most negative of the phases. But you start to... Once you've been into country music for long enough and once you've got the confidence to say to yourself, Do you know, I don't have to listen to everything. I don't have to like everything. A scorn phase happens where you begin to see whole movements or trends or sub-genres that you just don't like or that annoy you. And if you're not careful, you're going to fall into that sort of mindset of, oh, things were better when... Uh, and you start to look back in the past. For some people... That scorn phase uh, makes them say things like, well, I like 90s country. Things were better in the 90s. Nothing has ever come along since then that's as good as 90s country. Um, I tend to sort of really like the 2004 to 2014 period when people like Sugarland and Keith Urban and, and Dierks Bentley and Big and Rich and Jason Aldean did that type of rock country. Um, and I, I really like that. Sort of bro country came along and and killed that off. Chris Stapleton has come along and killed that off. And so, but I have to stop myself from going, do you know what, I liked that face because actually I like a lot of new country music as well. So people like Cam, Lauren Jenkins... Dan and Shay, Ingrid Andrus. I'm finding myself listening to a lot of female artists and musicians at the moment. And that seems to me to be some... The newer female artists seem to have a lot more uh, interesting things to say than the men. But you have to be careful that you don't get stuck in that scorn phase of just writing everything off, of just saying things were better in the past. I liked this when they did this. You know, you get some people get stuck in... In this scorn phase, and they don't ever discover new music. If you can get through that phase, you're at the final phase now, the last stage of country music fandom, stage seven, which I'm calling contentment. You realize that you like what you like. Artists are gonna come and go in this genre. You know, people make albums and then they disappear. Newer artists are coming all the time. Older artists tend to sort of get stuck sometimes in, uh, you know, in a in a sound or a particular uh, style and and release album after album. Some albums are good, some albums are not. It's a weird genre, of country music. A lot of artists, as they get established, don't often tend to challenge themselves. They tend to stick in a comfort zone. When you think of people like Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, that sort of artist, and yet, you know, for me, Jason Aldean with his new album. Nine has released the best album he's done in a very long time. It still sounds like every other sort of um, Jason Aldean album or song if you don't listen to the nuances of it. But for me, the contentment phase is all about just being able to listen with confidence to what you like, what you don't like, uh, enjoy some trends that come along, maybe wait for some other trends to run their course and just be the fan that you want to be with no pressure, no worries, not feeling like you have to like one thing or being the guy or girl on social media who is scorning other things. Just be the country music fan that makes you happy and that's the contentment phase. So you start with curiosity, that leads to excitement If you can get past stage three, the shame phase, that will bring you into your lovely unfiltered phase. You'll refine that at stage five. Beware of the pitfall of scorn at stage six, because once you get through that, it's all good. Stage seven, contentment, and you will be the world's best country music fan. Thanks for listening today to 10 Minute Country. I've been James Dakin. And uh, I hope you have a terrific Christmas.